answer my crazy day, my packed commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Welcome back to Locked on Bears. This Thursday episode is brought to you by mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. I'm your host, Lauren Cox from Pro Football Focus and USA Today's BearsWire.com, and I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears talk on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's daily Chicago Bears talk is going to focus on a little bit of Tanner Gentry, the newest member of the Chicago Bears 53-man roster. We'll play a little bit of quotes from John Fox on why he was brought up now, sort of randomly in week five, why Deontay Thompson was released as a result, and then we'll talk a little bit about sort of what that means for this offense, how the wide receiver position continues to grow a little bit here, and then we'll touch on how Mitchell Trubisky is developing. I'll play you some clips from Trubisky himself and offensive coordinator Dowell Loggins reflecting on the rookie quarterback's NFL debut, first career start, how they thought he did, things he did well, things they want to see improved, maybe a few things in there too that we can't really see on the outside, but Dowell Loggins especially opens up a little bit and reveals some things that Trubisky did particularly well that are a little bit harder to pay attention to or to notice without being on the team. But let's start with Tanner Gentry, the newest wide receiver on the Chicago Bears. It's a big day for the Tanner Gentry fan club, and I I think there's good reason to be excited about this young receiver coming back onto the active roster. It, It kind of felt like a shame that, you know, when they brought him up for week two against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, comes into that game, plays eight snaps, mostly in the fourth quarter, you know, sees a couple targets thrown his way, had the, that one dropped pass you don't want to see, but caught two of them for 27 yards, including a 15-yard gain. And it was like, okay, maybe this kid deserves some more playing time. And instead, he's released, put back on the practice squad. Of course, you know, we've kind of talked about how he's he's safe on the practice squad. Talked about in the preseason, everyone was convinced Tanner Gentry is he's making the 53 that was the that was the big convince because he they can't they can't stash him on the practice squad he's too good well he's very good and promising and I'm not taking anything away from Tanner Gentry but we've talked about how he needs until he starts really producing in games he's only as talented as the Chicago Bears see him he's more valuable to this team than any other and so they have pretty good control over him until he does get into games and start producing. And he started to do a little bit of that in Tampa Bay, but that was garbage time of a game where Mike Glennon had already largely thrown the game away with those turnovers. It was a blowout, and Gentry got in and at least got some NFL experience under his belt. So now when he's teaming up with Mitchell Trubisky this week, 
he won't be completely fresh and raw. And, you know, he has gone through this week of preparation before. And he's played an NFL game under the lights on the road you know, hostile environment before. he's He has been through it. And so, you know, even though he only played eight snaps in that game, ran routes on all eight of those plays, was not asked to run block in that game, still he's at least gone through it before. So maybe the the lights will be a little bit less bright for him and there won't be quite as much, you know, things to get in his head. He'll be a little bit more confident moving forward in this game. And start Like we started to see with Trey McBride this past week, he was obviously sort of the surprise of the game, this at least at the wide receiver position against the Minnesota Vikings on Monday. Played 42 snaps out of nowhere after playing one all season before that. Clearly, I think they wanted to unveil something new with Trubisky after the, the little bye week. And that saw a guy like Josh Bellamy really see not very many snaps in that game, kind of fell out of the lineup. And Deontay Thompson... Similar story, I think, in the game. Deontay Thompson was on the field for the first play, but he played eight snaps total. Josh Bellamy came in for seven snaps total. I mean, it was largely Wheaton and McBride were your top two guys with with Kendall Wright number three. And so when they bring up Tanner Gentry, they surprise a lot of people releasing Deontay Thompson in the corresponding move, which also then changes your kickoff returner. And I, I had tweeted during the game, against the Vikings that Deontay Thompson muffed the first two kickoffs in the game. You know, one was in the end zone. It was going to be a touchback anyway, so it didn't matter. He wasn't going to take it out. And then the other one was a, a little bit of a shorter one that he muffed and, and didn't drop it, but he bobbled it. And the, you can't have that from your kick returner. It, he's got to be able to catch it and go. The Bears evidently were combined, I think, not necessarily satisfied with him in his role in the offense and clearly, I think, needed an upgrade at the kickoff return man position. So there, it, everyone is expecting Benny Cunningham to take over in that role. Maybe we could see a Tariq Cohen, maybe, or a, a Taquan Mizell, maybe making his debut, getting some opportunities there. I don't know. But uh, I would expect Benny Cunningham to be number one there. And there's going to be some more opportunities for wide receivers. And I don't think they bring up Tanner Gentry unless they're fully intending on getting him some snaps in a football game. You know, he's already practicing with the team on the practice squad. So the only reason you, you bring him up is to use him on game days. And judging by how the Bears are talking about him, you know, they've always been complimentary. But when John Fox spoke to the media on Wednesday, he was seemingly extra complimentary. And maybe it was because he was asked a lot of Tanner Gentry questions from the media. But still, he, he had plenty of good things to say about the young wide receiver but don't just take my word for it here's John Fox talking to the media Wednesday about the new wide receiver on his roster John guess the move today Deontay Thompson contributed for you for a little bit a couple different areas yeah what what was behind the decision well I think it's just a, you know, to give Tanner Gentry an opportunity um, obviously it's never easy especially when you spent time uh, you know with a player like Deontay good teammate good guy um you know, none of this is very easy, you know, so those aren't easy things for anybody, both him and us. Uh, but, you know, we just felt like it was time to, to get Tanner an opportunity, and uh, that was the move we made. Why time for Tanner? What did you see from him over the last few weeks that he's been on? Well, he's been up and down the active roster, you know, uh, already in, in a, you know, five games into the season. Um, 
you know, just give him more of an opportunity. He got in late in the uh, Tampa Bay game, I believe, game two. Uh, so just see what he can do. How much progress have you seen from him in practice during the week, sir? Well, I think, you know, he's a smart guy. He knows the offense. He understands it. He's been here, you know, since camp or since the offseason. You know, he's a young guy. Uh, You know, he wasn't a drafted player, uh, but he keeps catching our eye. He's been productive, and, uh, um, you know, we wanted to give him that opportunity. Well, I want to give my listeners here on Locked On Bears an opportunity to win big with mybookie.ag. MyBookie is an online sportsbook. They also have live and in-game betting, so you can get involved and get in on the winning, whether it's before the game, during, the the, uh, halftime adjustments, whatever you want to do, MyBookie is the place for you to play. They've been in this business, you know, the sports betting world, for quite a long time, and it's allowed them to build up a, a pretty darn reliable reputation, and that's why we here at Lockdown Bears have partnered with MyBookie if you go on there and you sign up and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you will get up to a 100% match on your first deposit. I urge you to check out their brand new mobile site. It makes it really easy to bet on the go, get involved, and, and when you do start winning, they get you that money back to you very quickly, just two business days, and they get those payouts right back. And you can get more of those payouts because of some of the very rewarding player perks that they give you if you come back you keep betting there's always opportunities to win with mybookie.ag again the promo code is locked on for up to that 100% match on your deposit all you have to do is play and at mybookie you play you win and you get paid gentry is finally getting a chance to play we'll see if that results in a chance to win but when he's got this rookie quarterback under center there's always a glimmer of hope for the Chicago Bears now in any situation in any game and I think the Bears are excited to be able to continue to develop this connection between young quarterback and young wide receiver and and continuing to develop what Trubisky is able to do talked a lot yesterday about his performance went back through the all 22 coaches film of the Bears game against the Minnesota Vikings. Spent a a good chunk of the podcast going through what we learned from Trubisky, some of the big plays for the offense and the defense, and and really diving deep here on on what the rookie quarterback looked like in in, in a performance that was objectively, you know, quarterback play, average to below average. And Trubisky even admitted as much on Wednesday. You'll hear from him in a minute. But for a rookie first-round pick here, playing in his first game in Week 5 against a tough Minnesota Vikings defense, certainly there's no reason to be disappointed whatsoever in what this quarterback showed. Talked a lot about the hot start, and I was glad to hear both he and offensive offensive coordinator Dowell Loggins mention that a little bit. He really came out on that first drive and, and threw some beautiful balls. And throughout that first half, the Bears were just continually unable to take advantage of the newfound success at the quarterback position and at least the team is showing a a penchant here for being able to recognize their failures it seems like the direction is more clear now it seems like the they're saying the right things they're recognizing issues in terms of sloppiness on the offensive line 
or you know playing a little bit too aggressively sometimes in the rookie quarterback's first career start. You know, not that they're totally addressing the issues that you know all the issues that we see, but at least the media has asked about the big ones, and it seems like even when they don't necessarily have a straightforward answer for you because they're not necessarily going to tip their hand on, all right, here's here's how we're going to beat the Ravens, let's tell you. But again, at least there's sort of this idea that, yes, we need to do more around Mitch Trubisky. We need to continue to put him in position to be successful. They kind of admitted that they're, they were trying to protect him a little bit, and we'll kind of see how they adjust moving forward again now adding Tanner Gentry into the mix maybe lets you do a little bit more at the wide receiver position get some different rotations in there maybe play Marcus Wheaton a little bit more in the slot maybe have even more slot opportunities for Kendall Wright move a Trey McBride around a little bit more get some more spread looks maybe take some pressure off of Tariq Cohen sometimes because the the Minnesota Vikings defense was definitely focusing on him but there's going to be some some growth here, I think, from the offense from week to week as Mitchell Trubisky gains more experience, you know, attempts some more throws, tries to sort of see where the boundaries are here. You know, he, he was aggressive in the game, got away with it a few times, didn't on the interception. There's always going to be things for the rookie quarterback to improve on, and he seemingly does a good job of understanding that and not trying to be something that he's not. But let's start here with offensive coordinator Dowell Loggins' comments on Wednesday. He was, you know, he praised his young quarterback, as you might expect, but he also talked about, you know, some of the other things that we on the outside of the Chicago Bears don't get to hear about, don't get to see with, with what a Trubisky did in this game and sort of how he feels about, you know, the interception and the touchdown and some of these throws, not only the great ones, but the ones that have you a little bit concerned. And I thought this was a, a good press conference from Dowell Loggins addressing a lot of the issues. The game didn't turn out the way, obviously, we would have liked to. There's a lot of good things that came out of it. Um, obviously, Mitchell Trubisky played really well. And uh, he's got to finish the game, make smart decisions in space on the interception of the last play. I um, was proud of the, uh, the way the offense was resilient, kept battling. Uh, early in the game, uh, started off fast, moving the football. Um, Mitch was really, really sharp early. And the storyline really should be you take out 66 yards away from the offense uh, with penalties, self-inflicted wounds. You know, uh, first third down of the game, he throws an incredible ball to Kendall Wright and ran a great route. And you get a third and 10, and our, um, our uh, game plan going into the game was uh, protect him a little bit, uh, do some tempo stuff on third down, move the pocket. Third and 10, they bring a, a dog pressure, and he, we get him, get him on the edge. And... He throws an absolute dime to uh, Trey McBride. Should have been the first and 10 on the 11-yard line, and you're getting points there, hopefully, as long as you're smart with the football. And you had a chance to get off to a really good start, and then you take a touchdown off the board on a 42-yard run, and that's 66 yards that you hurt yourself, which 100 yards and hidden, uh, 100 yards and hidden yardage, which normally equals about seven points. And in tight games like that, that's the difference between winning and losing. we got to find ways to, to finish that game and play better in the end, but I um, was really proud of the way the quarterback played. Now, the, the type of self-inflicted stuff you're talking about is not. <clears throat> so how do you guys keep going at this with those players? Uh, made a big emphasis today. Coach Fox had a big me a meeting on it uh, today. We got to clean that stuff up, especially up front. 
too many things that uh, we're hurting ourselves. And it's, you know, we're moving the football. We're doing some good things, but uh, we got to eliminate those things, the holding calls and the penalties. And what you really hate to see as a coach is anything, uh, any kind of pre-snap penalty that where you don't give yourself a chance and too many plays behind the sticks. And that was impressive to me about Mitchell is the way he just battled back. It's first and 17 after a touchdown run and uh, gets us to second 10. Then we get an OPI and just too many things like that. Like we, you guys have heard me say it. We talk about it all the time with the team. The you got to find ways not to lose before you win, and that we're still in that battle right now, trying to do that and play smarter football. In regards to the interception, so you guys like when he's aggressive. When do you, how do you teach him not to be aggressive? He's got to, he's got to play, and the, you got to understand situational football. It's first and ten. Um, you don't need to make that play. Like he, you're on the edge and. Uh, I do love the fact he's aggressive, but it's first and ten. I understand the situation. We're backed up. Let's be smart. Let's find a completion. Let's get to our check down. Let's run, um, take, get what we can, get out of bounds. And, and that's really the, the biggest thing that, uh, you know, you talk to him about. He took a risk on the touchdown pass. And he did a good job getting Zach back across. And, um, you know, so you just – there's going to be those things. This is what we talked about last week when I was standing up here. Like, there's going to be good, there's going to be some bad. And, it worked out well once for him. He almost had Zach again uh, later in the game. Had a great thought of trying to put it on his back shoulder, but just trying to do too much at that time in that situation. Are you okay with the decision? I told him when he came off, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Um, and it's one of those things, like when you make that throw, you better be right. And he was. But uh, it's, you know, it's aggressive in the timing of the play. And listening to your feet, and you know those two were on the same page, and it worked out. But you got to be careful. You got to be smart. Yeah, how did he do with some of the stuff that maybe we can't see, like getting guys with the right protections and the operational stuff that you've been working on? Really well. And that that the the thing that really disappoints me is we had a false start in the second ten after he kind of got us. But it was first and seventeen. He gets us to second ten, and he's making a protection check, and we have a false start. And it's a great check. And we got uh, Tariq matched up on the linebacker. They've been doubling him all night. We had, we had our chance. And uh, he's getting to the right protection. And we have a false start. And the ball snapped early. And those are the things that you guys don't get to see, that we get to see, that how, how much he's growing. And to handle that and that, that atmosphere on Monday Night Football versus that defense, like, he's coming. How excited are you about what you can now do now that you know what, you know, what you've seen uh, in one game? My, my biggest concern still is making sure the other 10 guys around him are doing their jobs. And uh, I think we hurt him a little bit because those, those two plays, the uh, 66 yards that got taken off a touchdown and the holding calls and those things, like I, this kid's going to be special. And we got to do our jobs around him, keep getting in the right spot and keep making plays and catching the football and um, letting him, making sure we're keeping him out of second 17s and first and 17s. And uh, we, we have a lot, of, uh, a lot of faith and confidence in Mitchell. Okay, keep your eyes closed. Okay. I want to show you my first ever painting. Ooh, all right. Okay. Open your eyes. Oh, that's a lot of colors mm -hmm. <laughs> and shades. So be honest. What do you think? Well, uh, I like how if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Here, why don't I hold your paintbrush while you call them? Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. Loggins definitely seemed to have his head on straight here, saying a lot of what you want to hear from an offensive coordinator trying to develop his rookie quarterback. It was interesting to hear him say how, you know, they game, like he's like, well, our game plan was this. <laughs> it was a little bit candid there, 
about you know protecting him, moving the pocket, keeping you know keeping quick throws early on, trying to get him into a rhythm. I, I wish he would have addressed the running game a little bit more. He talked about the penalties and how that brought back a big run, and I I just wonder if maybe he gets a little bit too caught up in the penalties and and not focusing as much on the the other plays. I mean, he talked about how you know that forty yard run was brought back and there were like sixty six penalty yards, so you know, that's almost 100 yards of offense left left out the window. And so I don't want that to be like, oh, well, all we got to do is clean up the penalties and then our, our offense is going to be fine. You know, there's clearly the running game needed to do a little bit more, you know, especially early on, they needed to establish it from the beginning. It seems like Loggins is always a a second half running team. And I understand that there are situations in the first half in the two-minute drill that you don't always get to run the ball as much as you might like, but there was still maybe too much consistent play calls of, of passes in the first half when you know your offensive line needs to get that confidence and be physical with a Jordan Howard behind them. Maybe a Tariq Cohen needs to get upfield a little bit more. And they, In clips I didn't play for you, they talked a little bit about Cohen and how they are working on him to you know, not always cut back right away on the runs and, and to get upfield a little bit more, play with the flow because they are keying in on him a little bit. And actually, Loggins said that they were doubling Tariq Cohen when he was at wide receiver. And that was a little bit of a concern for me with, with his comments on Cohen. He's like, we finally got Tariq Cohen in the matchup we wanted with a linebacker when Trubisky made the right call on the protection. It seems like then they are forcing or at least trying to force the ball to Tariq Cohen. And I understand you want to get the ball into the hands of your playmakers. Uh, That's not a bad strategy at all. I'm not trying to say, oh, they shouldn't get the ball to Tariq Cohen. But offense has to flow, and offense has to be natural. You can't force force big plays. Big plays are more uh, a, a case of 11 guys all doing the right thing and everyone doing their job and then taking advantage of that. And it seems like if you're going to try and force the ball to Tariq Cohen in certain situations, then that's not healthy per se for the offense. You know, this, in this game, he played about five, six snaps at wide receiver, ran routes on pretty much all of them except for uh, a couple plays where he, you know, where they motioned him for one was like a fake reverse, and then they actually gave it to him on the reverse on another play. That was sort of that was it for him at wide receiver, and and they always try and seem to want to get the ball to him by design pre snap. And I understand motioning Tariq Cohen and having him play at wide receiver. That's a a great way to get a good matchup. But to go into the play call saying we are going to get the ball to him, that that's trying to force it, and that allows the defense. If the defense doubles him, then the ball can't get to him, and, and the play isn't going to be successful. What you need is plays where Tariq Cohen might be able to get a good matchup and get open on the play. But that's not the design necessarily of the play. I mean, every play, there's a spot you want to go with the ball. You want, you know, you you have a you have a progression for a reason. You're one to two to three to four to five. And so you can still have Tariq Cohen be your one, but there's still plays where it seems like they're really trying hard to get him the ball and what you need is to just have him be one of those one, two, three, four, five. You know, at the wide receiver position, make him two in your progression, even one. 
but you got to have him within the framework of a bigger play that has other ways to be successful rather than just trying to get him the ball for the sake of getting him the ball, especially in a game like this where maybe his confidence wasn't quite where it needed to be after some you know short yard runs being brought down in the backfield, not making guys miss. Maybe then you don't try and force it to him as much and just make it more natural because that might open things up for him and, and get him more confidence in the process. Confidence is clearly not an issue for Mitchell Trubisky, and that is critical for the success of a young quarterback, but it's not an overconfidence thing either. He's definitely, when you hear him talk, he's a humble kid. He understands you know, leadership and doing what's right for the team and putting winning above all else. One of the things Logan said, and they, they asked Trubisky about it, and I, I didn't include it within the audio clip because you can only do so much. He mentioned how like after the game, when Dow Logan walked in the locker room, first thing he saw was Mitchell Trubisky helping Josh Sitton get his pads off. And just always, he always seems to be doing the right thing. He, he's always, you know, a leader, takes accountability, but stays humble and obviously recognizes the contributions of his teammates, takes the blame, but not the credit, says what you want him to say. And it's definitely checking all the boxes of a young franchise quarterback. Listen to him yourself here. It's hard not to root for this kid every time you hear him talk. How do you grade yourself out in terms of the operation, like the, the pre-snap stuff that you talked about, the checks, the, the mic IDs, that kind of thing? Yeah, it wasn't bad. I've graded myself average to below average. I'm pretty hard on myself. I uh, always think it could be better, and it will be. So just come back, look at the mistakes, go over it with Coach. I still got to sit down with him because we just came in yesterday and is already working on Baltimore. So uh, I want to go back through with them and just get on the same page of what, what I need to improve going forward. And uh, But I went through what I thought I did, and uh, it was pretty it was pretty good in the huddle and at the line of scrimmage. Uh, can always get better, and uh, just need to find more completions and, and continue to be more efficient. When you, when you review the touchdown pass, what's the thin line there between that being the right decision and the wrong decision when you're in that situation? Uh, if he catches it, it's the right decision. If it gets if it gets picked off, it's the wrong decision. Um, simple as that. I mean, I did little luck went into it, but it kind of came back to bite me in the interception um, coming down. So I mean, uh, just out there trying to make plays, and uh, that time it went in our favor, and the next time it didn't. So I just gotta be more more careful. Um, just got to be better with the football and, and know when to take the shots and know when I need to check it down or get out of bounds or, or play for another for another down because we had points and that would have really hurt us if we, we didn't score that drive, but came away that time. Before you and Tanner developed in the preseason, how has that grown and um, developed more over the last five weeks of practice? Yeah, it's good. Um, Tanner's a great player. Um, he knows how to go up and get the ball. Uh, he, he's, he's a good vertical threat, and he's shown what he can do. And uh, I think uh, they just have given him a great opportunity this week, uh, bringing him up. So, um, yeah, we've developed good chemistry ever since rookie minicamp, just throwing with each other and getting on the same page. And uh, we just need to continue to get better chemistry with the whole group, just moving forward and getting on the same page. So it'll just – more reps we can get, the better off we'll be as a group. In terms of the interception and your touchdown, is it hard for you to turn off an aggressive mindset and knowing when to you know, move on? I think you just, um, I think that's part of like learning what throws I can make and can't make at the NFL. I think you get away with more of those in college, scrambling, throwing deep, 
and, and extending and making plays. And uh, here, sometimes it's going to happen, sometimes it's not in the NFL. So I think it's just part of the learning process. And But um, I think just extending plays is part of my game, and I think we're going to need that, and I think it helps. So I just got to learn when I'm extending plays that it's, it's, a, it's a for sure completion or when I just need to eat it and, and play the next play. So it's just part of the learning process. The learning process continues this week with the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore, the first road game of Mitchell Trubisky's young career. So it's a winnable game against a team that has some question marks of their own, but it's going to take another strong effort from the rookie quarterback and the defense, and we will be previewing all of that tomorrow on Locked on Bears. I will be joined by Gordon McGinnis, of Pro Football Focus. He is, uh, he's their lead special teams guy, but he also keeps pretty close tabs on the Baltimore Ravens. We'll have a, a good back and forth there. And he is lives in Scotland, so I hope you guys will enjoy his Scottish accent. It's always fun to listen to. Maybe there's a few words here and there that you have to listen to twice, but Gordon's a good guy. He's a, a funny guy, a nice guy, and you're definitely not going to want to miss that Ravens-Bears preview. Make sure you don't miss it by subscribing to this podcast on whatever podcast listening service you use. Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn. Pretty much the only thing we're not on is Spotify because they have some super secret algorithm of how what podcasts they allow into the Spotify podcast database, and we haven't cracked the algorithm yet. So boycott Spotify podcasts. Listen to your podcast on anywhere but Spotify until they include Lockdown Bears. And of course, if you are a, an iTunes user, go on to iTunes, leave us a review on iTunes with your Twitter handle in that review, and you will automatically be entered for a chance to win a free $40 Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That PFF Edge subscription gives you access to a lot of their in-depth written content now, you know some of the in-depth fantasy stuff, draft stuff. They don't allow everyone to read. You have to be an Edge subscriber to read the whole thing. And it also includes their player grades. Everyone loves to talk about those. And their fantasy football tools and charts are definitely, I think, one of the most underrated and undersold parts of that PFF Edge subscription. If you play fantasy football, I'm telling you, some of the stuff they have in there is a game changer. You know, wide receiver and cornerback shadowing tool. They've got, you know, obviously projections and some in-depth stats like average depth of target, but point allowed, points allowed matchup chart, offensive and defensive line matchup charts, really just tons and tons of good stuff, maybe more than you even know what to do with. And again, giving away your free $40 access to all of it, all you have to do is go on iTunes, leave a little review, leave a Twitter handle in that review so we can notify the winners when we draw a new one every single week. So it's never too late to get in on your chance for that free PFF Edge subscription. And it's never too late to follow Locked On Bears on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can also follow me on Twitter at Cox Sports One. You can check out our work over at LockedOnBears.com, our, our new website. It's looking real nice, shiny, and new. So make sure you check it out there because... I feel like Locked On Bears, you know, I say this a lot, but I, I don't know if it quite if it quite gets hammered home. Locked On Bears is really, I think, 
the best way to bear down.